Can you hear me now? There we go. Can you hear me in the back? Again, it's 90.1 if uh, you are trying to find on your radio station. And also, every week there's one or two different, and it's different every week. You might get it one week. You might not get it the next week. But uh, it's so good to see everybody out here. This is probably the best Sunday to be out at a drive-in service because it just feels amazing outside. If you're in the shade, it feels even better. But uh, it's so good to see everybody here this morning. Um, go ahead and take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 5. You're probably wondering when are we going to be done in Acts chapter 5. A couple more weeks, but uh, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 5. We're going to look at four verses this morning. And the passage that we're going to look at, the passage that we're going to look at has, it's ministered to me so much, not just this week, but just over the past few months. I mean, with everything that we're struggling with in our world today, everything that we're struggling with, we see here in this passage something important for us. So let's go ahead and read it. We're going to begin in verse 29, Acts chapter 5, verse 29. If you're there, let me hear your horns. Fantastic. Acts chapter 5, verse 29, it says this, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. If you're just pulling in, we're on 90.1 for the radio. Um, let's open up with prayer. Father God, we are thankful. God, we're thankful that we have this book that we can go to for instruction, we can go to for encouragement. God, we are thankful that we have the message, the truth that is proclaimed in this book, the gospel. So Lord, I pray that you would help us this morning. In whatever circumstance or situation we're struggling with, whatever trial we are dealing with, whatever temptation or sin we are in, help us this morning. We ask this in your son's precious and holy name, we pray, amen. I don't know if you're like me, but over the past three months, I have felt inadequate. I have felt... Um, a little bit of anxiety maybe. I have felt uncertain about the future. I don't know if you've struggled with what I've been struggling with, but that's where I am. And then it just, it just like the way 2020 is going, it's like every week it just seems to get worse. Something else just seems to happen. And we're waiting for the news headline that Godzilla's come out of the ocean. 
I mean, we're waiting for something crazy to just happen because of the way 2020 is going. If if you're like me, I want to hear you honk your horn. Are you ready for 2021? Like, I just want this year to end. And and, and, and I'm, I'm praying right now that I don't get too transparent up here, but I've... I've really been struggling. I am, I am tired. I'm tired of not being able to see you. I'm tired of not being able to see my shut-ins. The first time I held somebody's hand in a long time was this morning when I prayed with Lou Eubanks over the death of her daughter. I mean, we there are people that are hurting. People that are struggling. And I'm just wondering, is it ever going to end? So what does this passage this morning have to do with that? The main idea I want to get across to you is this. And guess what? It's another short one. It's four words. The gospel is enough. The gospel is enough. I saw a Facebook post. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm about to burn down social media. But I saw a Facebook post recently it was dealing with this whole uh, racial issue that we are dealing with in our world today of people who are saying that just preach the gospel is not enough. And I don't know how I felt about that. Because what I want to get across to you is that the gospel is enough. And in the context of the passage that we're looking at this morning, we're still dealing with the apostles who are being confronted by the Sanhedrin, by the religious leaders. And these religious leaders have confronted them and said, why are you preaching in this name? You are filling Jerusalem with this teaching, praise God. But why are you doing this? This is the second time they're confronting them. We've already arrested you once, or we've already told you once not to do this, and then we arrested you, and then you got out of jail somehow, and you're still preaching. Why? Why does it matter? It's just words. I love how Leto last Sunday mentioned that we are in a war of words right now. And it's so true, we are. So they asked the apostles, why are you preaching in this name? And one time Peter responds with, we can't help but preach the gospel. And then this time he responds by saying, we must obey God rather than men. But he goes on to explain why. And in these three verses, in these, yeah, three verses, he... Peter gives us a summary of the gospel, basically. We preach Christ because 
of the gospel because of what this message entails. The people that are saying just preach the gospel is not enough do not understand what the gospel is. The gospel is enough. In the midst of COVID-19, the gospel is enough. In the midst of racial tension and political tension, the gospel is enough. When you lose a family member, the gospel is enough. I have I've prayed with two women this week who have lost close family members. Karen lost her husband last week and Lou lost her daughter this morning. And there's pain there. But the gospel is enough. Why is that? Peter shows us. Verse 30. The God of our fathers raised Jesus whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. This is, this is a great verse because just a few verses before, the Jewish leaders were like, you, you're trying to put his blood on our hands. You're trying to blame us for his death. And then Peter comes out and says, you hanged him on the tree. You did it. You killed him. What we see here in that, in verse 30, where God raised Jesus from the dead. The gospel is enough because number one, it is a resurrective gospel. It's a resurrective gospel. It is a gospel that gives life. It is a gospel that brings dead people to life. And let me tell you church, the gospel is not behavior modification. Behavior modification is like, oh, I shouldn't eat this donut this morning. Maybe I should eat a piece of fruit. That's behavior modification. I should change my ways. The gospel takes a dead heart and brings it back to life. It's a resurrective gospel that we proclaim. And it is a message that our world needs to hear. Why? Because let me tell you something that we can learn from the past three months of just living in America, just the past three months. Dealing with COVID-19, dealing with racism and racial tensions, dealing with political tensions, what name you, what we can learn is that this world is a sinful world. The world we live in is a fallen and sinful world. Why do we deal with things like COVID-19? Because of sin. Why do we deal with racism? Because of sin. Why are we losing family members? Why, why do people die? Because of sin. And what Peter is trying to show the religious leaders, the reason why they're willing to risk their entire lives for the sake of the gospel it's because it is a resurrective gospel that brings dead people to life. I mean spiritually. Spiritually. Scripture tells us that, that God will take your heart of stone and turn into a heart of flesh. 
This is why baptism, when we baptize somebody, we lay them down into the water and we bring them back up because it is a picture of dying to ourselves and raising to new life in Christ. We preach the gospel because it brings dead souls to life. And church, that is why I've dedicated my life to preaching the gospel. Because it never gets old to see a dead soul come to life. It never gets old. It is a resurrective gospel. Verse 31. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to, e to, to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Christ has come. He has stepped into this world. He gave up glory in heaven to step into this world. Truly man, truly God. He took on flesh to suffer and die for our sins. We see that in verse 30. God raised him up, the one that was killed, hung on a tree. Scripture tells us that those who are hanged on a tree are cursed. And Christ experienced a cursed death as an innocent man. What we see here is God has, has, has accomplished something on the cross. It is a finished gospel. There is no way that we can earn it. That Christ has died. He's died for all people. Let me tell you something, church. Christ has died for one race. He's died for one race, the human race. Red and yellow, black and white, he's died for all of them. Revelation tells us that, that, that at the throne of God, there are going to be people of all tongues and nations proclaiming his glories. So yes, the gospel is enough when dealing with racial tensions because the gospel proclaims that it doesn't matter your skin color. The gospel is freely given. It's a gift. So number one, we see that it is a resurrective gospel. Number two, it is a restorative gospel. It's a restorative gospel. What does verse 31 show us? That God exalts him as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Repentance is given to us by God. He's the one that gives repentance and forgiveness. Why? So that he can restore us to himself. So that we can be reconciled to God. Why do we have to be reconciled? Because our sin has separated us from him. The first year I was married... I did not like leaving house. But I went on my first trip as a youth pastor with my youth group. I was a, finally a full-time youth pastor. And I went to Camp Castle, took my students for a week. I had fun. 
My wife did not. Because she stayed home. And when I got home, when I was reconciled back to her, she was happy. She loved the fact that even though I was gone, I came back. She was happy to have me home. Now she can't wait to get me out the door. But church, here's the thing. God wants to reconcile us back to himself to have fellowship with him. That's what we were created for. We were created in Genesis to have fellowship with God, but we ruined it because of our sin. And so why is the gospel enough? Why is it that we should continue preaching it? Because it's a restorative gospel. It's a gospel that restores us back to the Father. It's a, it's a transforming gospel. It's a gospel that changes our hearts and changes our desires. What is it that somebody that is racist or an adulterer or a liar or an idolater like Leto was talking about earlier, what do they need? They need the gospel. Somebody who hates the color of somebody else's skin cannot just change their mind. They need the gospel. It's the power of God that changes hearts. And church, you need the gospel every day. A pastor was asked one time by a lady in his church, she said, why is it that you preach the gospel every single Sunday? He said, because people like you forget it every Sunday. Church, we need the gospel every week because not only is it a resurrective gospel, it's a restorative gospel. It's a gospel that helps us see where we are. It's a gospel that helps us see why the world is the way it is. The world is fallen and broken. And the gospel shows us that one day, God's going to restore all things back to its created order. God's going to restore all things and be rid of sin and death permanently. Oh, what a day that'll be when we don't have to deal with things like COVID-19. A day where we don't have to deal with things like racial tension. A day where we don't have to deal with hatred and division. False accusations. What a day that will be when all we're going to be doing for all of eternity is fellowshipping with God. The gospel is a restorative gospel. So the gospel is enough. Why? Because first, it is a resurrective gospel. Second, it is a restorative gospel. Third, I want you to hear me say this, church. It is a reflective gospel. It's a reflective gospel. It reflects within our lives. Look at verse 31. God exalted him at his right hands as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we, verse 32, and we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. 
We are witnesses of the gospel. The gospel isn't a fire insurance checkoff list. We become witnesses, followers. We continue testifying to the saving work of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? First off, we do it by our words. We preach the gospel. There's that popular quote by St. Francis of Assisi where it says, preach the gospel always, if necessary, use words. I hate that quote. Like literally, I, I cringe every time somebody posts that, says that, because here's the thing. That's like saying, feed the hungry always, if necessary, use food. Makes no sense. Preach the gospel always and always use words. Romans 10 tells us that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the words of Christ. We preach the gospel. We share the gospel. We are witnesses. Why is it we're so quick to talk about the things we hear about, the gossip we hear about that is mundane, that is ridiculous, that is redundant, but yet the one thing that is most important in this entire world, we are so slow to talk about it. Let me tell you, Carolina Panthers football scores are not going to matter when you get to heaven. What Susie Q did Friday night is not going to matter when you get to heaven. The next big movie coming out, this is on me, the next big movie coming out is not going to matter when you get to heaven, but the gospel matters. We are so quick to talk about everything else, but we, we, the, the gospel's the last thing out of our mouth. Why is that? Why is that, church? The gospel is a reflective gospel. We are called to be witnesses. And Peter says that. Peter's giving his life for it. He's willing to die for it. He got broken out of prison and was told to go back and preach the gospel in the temple. What does he do? Okay. Why? Because nothing matters. Nothing else matters when we have the gospel. Paul tells us that he counts everything as loss compared to knowing Jesus Christ. If the truth in this book is not true, then nothing matters. But if this is true, nothing else matters. Church, we are so quick to waste our lives. Like John Piper says, we're so quick to collect seashells at retirement, but yet... We don't want to boast in the cross. We don't want to share the gospel. We don't want to do something that really matters. Church, we're called to be witnesses. We're called to be witnesses in word, but also witnesses in deed. In our actions, in our works, 
by how we love our neighbors, by how we treat other people, by how we work in our jobs, by how we handle our taxes, by how we give, how we love, how we obey our parents, how we raise our kids, how we serve the elderly, how we serve widows and orphans, all of it is a, ref is a, is a response, a reflection of the gospel that has changed our lives. So I'm going to say the gospel is enough. But hear me say this too, guys. We're so quick to say the gospel, but we're not going to live it out. And what I mean by that is this, Christ is the only one that can live out the gospel fully. But we are called to walk the walk. You've heard the saying, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? We're called to walk the message that we share. And if we truly claim to love a God who loves us unconditionally, if we truly claim that we've been saved by Jesus Christ, if we truly claim that that has changed our lives, then let it be shown. We are called to be salt and light in this world. Even Jesus tells us that. And how are we salt and light? By reflecting the gospel. So we are witnesses of Christ in words and we're witnesses of Christ in our works. You can't have one without the other, guys. So church, is the gospel enough? Is it? Because church, I'm gonna tell you, that's what this world needs. This world needs the gospel. Our culture, our nation needs the gospel. Our nation needs the church to rise up and, and live like Christ has actually changed their lives. We see in the Old Testament when God has made this covenant with Abraham that he tells Abraham that you're going to be a father of many nations and you're going to be a blessing to the nations. What does that mean? It means first off that, that the promised seed of Christ is going to come through Abraham and is going to bring salvation to all nations and all peoples and all tongues. But also, the people are to be a blessing. The church is a blessing to the world. We see so much hate and division. We see sickness and death. How, how do we be a blessing to the world? We're a blessing by sharing the gospel and living Christ-centered lives that reflect that. Why? Because the gospel is a resurrective gospel. The gospel is a restorative gospel. And the gospel is a reflective gospel. Do you believe that? Do you trust that? Do you know that? I pray you do. I pray you do. What does this world need? This, world's need? this world needs the church to rise up 
and preach the word that we claim to follow and believe. So are we going to do that? Are we going to do that? I hope so. I do. Church, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know why things happen. We don't know why we're going through COVID-19. We don't know why our nation is in such division right now. But what we can know is this, that God has a purpose for all things. Romans 8 tells us that he works out all things for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. He works them out for our good and for his glory. But secondly, church, hear, hear me say this. This is the work of ministry. This is the work of the church to serve and love and give in times like this. Peter and the other apostles who are being confronted for preaching the gospel. Why are you doing this? Because the gospel is enough. It's enough. Do you believe that? Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for your gospel. Help us to see that it is enough. Help us to trust in your resurrective, restorative, and reflective gospel. Help us to, to grasp it, to hold on tight to it, to be changed and gripped by it. Help us to change this world by preaching the gospel. Help us do that. We ask all this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.